Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time. Living paranormal. Real stories. Real investigators. No scripts. From legends to hauntings. Good evening, everybody. My name is Rob. And I'm Jason. And welcome back to Living Paranormal. Guys, we appreciate everybody coming out today. But first, before we do anything else, I want to wish all of the fathers out there, uh, as well as the mothers that have to pull double duty, being both mother and father, a very happy and healthy Father's Day. So happy, happy Father's Day Absolutely. to you all. Yeah, Jason, how was your week, my friend? Man, it's been pretty good. It's, it, it, well, it's been a, it's been really awesome, but like totally studying constantly to try to make sure that I get my certification for the CCNA. Like this has totally not been a waste. The time is coming nigh, and I'm really doing my my best to uh, to to really get there. But um, got to see my son today, of course. Father's Day, spent time with them. Always love that. You know, we just, it's, it's just the closeness and being there and really just trying to spend as much time with them as I can that really, really matters. Uh, what about yourself, man? Happy Father's Day to you, by the way. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, I had a, a very good day. I had a feast fit for a king. Uh, I mean, uh, we started out with shrimp earlier, man. I mean, like crazy. Uh, homemade jalapeno poppers stuffed with cream cheese wrapped in bacon fixed on the grill. Um, nice. Lord steak, uh, stuffed uh, ranch baked potatoes. I mean, it, it was ridiculous, the amount of food that we had. So I'm what very, you, very fortunate. I have to ask you, man, if that's your dinner, what's your breakfast like? Do you like eat like a sprig of parsley? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just go graze in the backyard. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, just go out there, chew, you know, chew the cud. <laughs> But anyway, uh, Jason, uh, you know, first of all, let's, I guess, touch on where they're hearing us right now. If you are listening to us live at our normal time slot here at, at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's 8 p.m. Jason time, uh, you're listening in one of two places. You're either hanging out with us at livingparanormal.com forward slash live. That is the home of our weekly show. Or you're listening to us at freedomrocksradio.com. That's right. We're simulcast to freedomrocksradio.com, home of some of the greatest music of yesterday, today, and hopefully tomorrow. And by the way, guys, if you're tired of those pre-programmed playlists, you don't want to hear what some stuff suit somewhere in Tokyo tells you you should listen to, then guess what? Turn into freedomrocksradio.com, and you can request your favorite song. As I've said many times before, if you don't hear your favorite song, well, it's pretty much your own fault. Jason, where else can they hear us? Well, if you want to hear archived copies of this show, you can actually tune to one of the sources that Rob named earlier, namely livingparanormal.com. All you have to do is click on past shows, or at the very beginning, just click on the search bar. Just uh, click, type away, click the clack, hit enter. 
and you'll be able to find either the guest book or topic that you're looking for there it comes up in the search engine for you. You can also find us, of course, on your favorite podcast aggregator, whether that be uh, you know, G-Potter, iTunes, we're even on Stitcher Radio as well. So there's all different types of sources that you can catch us at, uh, including blogtalkradio.com slash livingparanormal. We do love our Blog Talk Radio listeners. We upload our shows after they've been produced. Excuse me, after they've been produced. I have to put a little bit of polish on that and put them out there on the line. So, uh, Absolutely. We love all of our listeners, whether you're from France or China or just next door. It's awesome. Or even sitting next to me in studio. We appreciate and love each and every single one of you. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, let's see, where else? Also, Facebook.com slash Living Paranormal Show. Don't forget to add the word show at the end of that. Uh, when you do go there, you can actually find the latest information on who we have on the air in addition to our start times, our start show times. So uh, send us comments there or even at contact at livingparanormal.com. You can tell us how great we did, how terrible we did, or how, um, I guess, so-so. I'm, I don't know. I was trying to go for like a three bears kind of Goldilocks thing there, Rob, and it just kind of fell down <laughs> the top. It really out for me there. But yeah. yeah that's anyway, if you're going to crash and burn, man, do it with the Goldilocks Reference. comment. That's all there yeah, is. Totally. Yeah, totally. Got to totally. do it. Absolutely. Got to do it. Got to do it. Absolutely. And of course, we have a wonderful chat room in the in the room today. And uh, you're going to see the chat room when we put the video out on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Living Paranormal. And uh, when we get the chance to put the video feed on there, we certainly will take advantage of that and put it out there. And tonight's show will be there. Of course, you know that if you're looking at it on YouTube right now. And if you are, hi, just waving toward the radio there or toward the radio, towards the camera there. But either way. <laughs> you wave towards the radio? Yeah, I did, Rob. I'm, I have a radio in the room. I'm just going to wave to it. Right I'm just kidding. Sorry, man. Sorry. That's all I got. That's all I got. For those of you watching our YouTube videos, this is my normal pose during our show with Jason. <laughs> Palm on forehead. Nice. Nice. And this is mine. <laughs> I'm all red now because I made it a mistake. But either way, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jason, we've got some great guests with us yet again tonight. It's, it's like here recently, the hits just keep on coming for us, man. I don't know what we did to get this lucky, but I hope whatever it is, it keeps carrying over because it seems like week after week after week, just more of an amazing show followed by another amazing show followed by another amazing show. And no matter how hard you and I try to goof it up, it seems like it's been working. So without further ado, Jason, would you please introduce this week's amazing guests? Absolutely. The guests tonight are actually, we're, we're getting some consummate professionals on the air tonight. We're getting, uh, they're the editor as well as the, oh wow, see this is my this is my, my professionalism showing here. We have the publisher and the editor of Paranormal Underground Magazine, a magazine that I digitally subscribe to myself and have done so before they came on the air. So I know usually when an author comes on, I'm saying, I will have to buy the book. No, I've already received issues of this magazine. And I definitely recommend it to everybody because they have fantastic writers and content on there. Of course, I am speaking tonight about our guests, Cheryl and Chad, uh, coming on the air tonight. And we definitely appreciate you for taking the time. Thank you so much, Cheryl Wilson and Chad Wilson as well. Oh, thank you uh, for having us on. Thank you. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you both here with us. And I know I've been looking forward to this because I love to get the feedback from other people that have been in the industry. And I imagine working with the Paranormal Magazine, you actually get a very, a very unique look at not only your own cases and the things that you've worked on, but through the eyes of other investigators that are in contact with you. Yeah, definitely. It's, that's what's great about this magazine and being able to publish it is getting to get in touch and reach out to people who are involved uh, in many different ways in the paranormal field. And a lot of times they contact us, which is really nice. 
It's great when you Excellent. have that kind of footprint in the digital world, and also you have a lot of mind share in the paranormal community, and it's growing and growing as well, yeah. which is something that's that's wonderful to behold. And you also have in your paranormal underground. Can, what do you call it? Brand. In the Paranormal Underground brand, you have a radio show as well and podcast uh, that appears on Thursdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Is that correct? Yes, it is. We do, we've been doing the radio show in some form. We started out as a podcast and then it became a web radio show uh, since January 2009. Uh, so yeah. it's been quite a while. In fact, we're excited because on July 7th, we are going to be doing our 300th show. Wow. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That is amazing. Coming from somebody that slogged through 100 episodes, that's fantastic. I am yeah. impressed. Yeah. There's so You've Thank probably you. forgotten more about producing and, and, and developing a great show than I've ever known. So that's try not to be too harsh on us with your internal thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, we have two great hosts on our show, Karen Fraser and Chuck Gotsky. Chad and I produce the show. So they really bring it home, and we just are kind of in the background. But uh, along with the magazine, we love the radio show because we get to talk to great people. Rob, you've been on our show. Yes, I am. And so, they also have good people on there besides yeah, you, classic goof-ups like myself. Great people and, and Rob. Rob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I beat him to the punch. That's the only way you can keep him off guard. You know? <laughs> well, you know, Karen Frazier, we actually had Karen on the air as well here. Yeah. So we, we can definitely attest to her outstanding radio personality. And she just comes through. And it's just always great to hear people on the air that are passionate about it and that love what they talk about and really know their stuff and can really bring that out. It takes a certain kind of person other than Rob and I to really bring out the radio and really help, <laughs> bring out that guest and elicit a great conversation because that's what it's all about, having yeah. a great conversation. But Definitely. Let's, and go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and we, we really, and Karen brings it together because she connects with listeners. As you just said, she connects with people. You know, she's not only a paranormal investigator, but she's a metaphysician, a psychic, and she has seen all sides of the paranormal. So, so that's great. Yeah, that, that eclectic mix of personality and knowledge is great. You can bring all that to the table. It's, it sure sounds for great radio. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we actually have an eclectic mix here of basically lazy and sloth, so it's not quite as dynamic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll let you figure out who's lazy and the other who's sloth. That's not a problem. <laughs> but, I, you know, but honestly, the, the, there is one question that I kind of love to delve into uh, with each of our guests that come on here. And I'm going to go ahead, if it's all right, and start with Cheryl just because, well, mm -hmm. gentlemen, ladies first. Um, yes. Cheryl, what, what actually uh, first whets your appetite to get into the field of the paranormal? Personal experiences, um, that is what drove my interest uh, since I was young. I um, had, I'm trying to remember how old I was. I was probably maybe, I can't remember, maybe eight, maybe nine when I had my first paranormal experience. And then I've had many, many over the years, and that led me to read books on the paranormal, led me to watch TV shows. Oh, yeah. Back, back then, you know, I don't know. In search of, and then sightings, and See? then now, of course, the new wave of paranormal reality TV is, you know, hit 10 some years ago, still around, going strong. So for me, it was personal experience. Is it me, or when you were younger and you were watching sightings and you were just hoping it wasn't an alien episode, you were like, <laughs> come on, be ghosts. Come on, be ghosts. I have, to, I have to be honest with you. Alien phenomena, UFO phenomena is one of my hot buttons in the paranormal field. So I actually, I love the whole ghosts 
haunting side of it, but I also love the other side, the UFO. And, and Chad and I talk a lot about this. They both connect, we think, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's so a, I just I just love that show. Sighting. No, you're. We've right. been hearing more and more about this connection over, especially the recent, probably last twenty episodes that we've done, about the the uh, some, somehow the connection between really the three biggest facets, and that would be the haunting type versus UFOlogy, and in a lot of cases cryptids. So yeah, I mean it's um, amazing how frequently this seems to be coming back up, Jason. I was just kind of. You know, taken back by it a little bit. Yeah, no, that's true, man. It's it's interesting to me as well. And I I don't want to, for lack of a better word, poo poo the <laughs> the the alien <laughs> segments of it. But I I I just my personal faves were the ghosts, and I I was totally into that as a kid. And and yeah, so that's what I was rooting for. I would still watch the alien shows. I just watch sightings no matter what. Any excuse to watch that was awesome. But um, yeah, that, those are just my favorite. Now you mentioned that you were eight years old and you had your first experience. I don't remember anything from when I was eight years old. So what was, do you recall your experience? That must have been a very powerful experience for you to actually be able to remember it. Do you recall it? it? W- I do. I do. I, it's, it was such a powerful experience. It was a scary, frightening experience um, for me. I uh, was at a relative's home. Uh, it was on New Year's Eve. We were, my sister and I, my sister was about a year older than me, uh, were asleep in the living room. And I woke up to use the restroom. And the, the rest of the family, the adults, were off partying in another part of the house. Right. You know? So we had gone to bed because, you know, we were tired. Um, and as I got up, I looked around and I saw um, apparitions, I guess you could say, in each doorway. Oh, wow. And there was a doorway out of the house. There was a doorway to the kitchen off the, the living room. There was a doorway to the den in the back and to the rest of the house going that way. And it was, it just sounds like the strangest thing you've probably ever heard, but these apparitions had no um, arms, legs, or heads. It was just clothing. And it was like there was somebody standing there, but there was nothing coming out of these 18th century clothing. Oh, wow. And I was literally so shocked. I I just remember being stunned to where I couldn't say anything. I couldn't move. I just was looking, is this real? You know, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right. And I just, I laid right back down and I, in a sleeping bag, went back to sleep. Right. Did you put the sleeping bag so, as if it was a magical barrier protecting you against all <laughs> You've got it. That's right. <laughs> I think everybody did that as a child. That was the one thing that the monster in the closet or under the bed had no recourse against was the blanket pulled up and anything that That's slipped right. out just a little bit. I'm sorry, you were a dead man. Yeah. We were all convinced of that. Yeah. So but, that was my first that I could remember. Well, I... Yeah, I Whenever I, I had a scary moment as a kid, I always, I always drew on the power of my attack shih tzu that I imagined my shih tzu would be able to <laughs> defend me against evil spirits. You know, I think this must be the first time in the history of either television, radio, or blogging that someone has used the term attack shih tzu. <laughs> hey, she was specially trained, okay? Panda was a vicious beast if you weren't. <laughs> I'm just saying. She was a good girl, but either way, either wow. way. You know, you mentioned the 18th century clothing. Would you actually see color and depth on these clothing? Were just real every day, yeah. just like you? Wow, that's impressive. like you'd see on a on a movie. It, it was the frilly, the the woman's dress all the way down, the frilly, um, you know, Cuffs lace they had, the yeah. 
collar. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Now, you mentioned that you started reading and you started reading more about the paranormal. About what age did you start reading these books? Did you go to the local library to grab them or? No, I'd, I'd ha- also have to say that my uh, mom had an influence on my interest as well. She had books around the house uh, that I, I, I would go grab and read after she was done with them. They had to do with anything from dream interpretation to, um, you know, Whitley Strieber books on UFO, his UFO experiences to hauntings and I was when I started reading I was probably in junior high school I mean seriously reading books on the paranormal so um, yeah yeah and junior high school then compared to now is a totally different experience when we were starting to read books on the paranormal because I'm like you I was reading books on the paranormal when I was in in junior high people would look at you kind of weird whenever you had a book like that <laughs> did you get that experience too or was your really accept did you have a really strangely accepting middle school well, I, I will tell you, anybody who came over to my house, um, whether it, it, they never outwardly um, expressed the, you know, that I was weird or different or anything, they, um, a lot of them would, would have experiences. So if they were hesitant, they weren't after they came for a visit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Talk about the ultimate in show and tell, right? Right. No, that's exactly. Funny. That is hilarious. So when did you first start investigating? I have only done uh, personal investigation, meaning tours at Waverly, the Queen Mary. We've done, uh, Chad and I have done our own investigations um, at the uh, Queen Anne Hotel in San Francisco, as well as the um, hotel, oh, I just blanked on the name. What's the Alex name? Alex Johnson. Thank you. Chad knows all these in names. Rapid hotel City. in in, uh, in uh, South Dakota, and I think... Did Ghost Hunters do a show there? Somebody on TV did a show there. And we had some experiences there. Chad actually has done the um, real investigation with a real team. <laughs> so I've only had my own, you know, Chad and I, we've investigated together. Nice. Well, let's When was that? I don't know. That was a few years ago. A few years ago? Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and yeah. bring Chad into this conversation. Chad, we want to hear more about you, sir, because you've been... We already have Cheryl talking about your, your, uh, your, your stripes, that you've earned your stripes in the paranormal field. But let's start at the beginning. What was your first encounter with the paranormal? <clears throat> well, when I uh, initially, when I got into the paranormal, I didn't actually remember stuff that had happened to me when I was younger. But as I started dealing with the paranormal, I, would, I thought back and I thought, well, you know, I've had some stuff happen to me, and one of the initial things was we'd moved from Illinois down to Mississippi and had moved into this old farmhouse, and I used to go out and play in the woods behind the farmhouse, and I started noticing out of the corner of my eye like something was watching me around the corner, and it was like this little shadow figure, like three foot tall, and I would see it, and then I'd turn to look, and it'd be gone, and that happened until we moved again and then like when I was about probably about 10 or so it kind of went away and then but that was my first experience as far as the paranormal but I didn't remember it until you know years later when I got to thinking about it you know just kind of oh yeah something like that happened to me now were you scared at all of this figure do you recall being frightened or feeling a little apprehensive about it I thought it was kind of weird uh I thought well what is that you know and I never could figure it out um I don't know, maybe it's just some spirit or, or maybe, I don't know if you, if you guys believe in the fairies and stuff like that, but maybe some kind of fae spirit maybe had took an interest in me as a child. I don't know. Interesting. 
That is when it comes to thing when it comes to things like those types of spirits, I think there's a lot out there that has not been answered. Uh, I mean, there's so many things we're discovering new species of life, much yeah. less things that fall outside of what the mm-hmm. scope of the normal nor normality would be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the shadow people, things of that nature, I think all kind of fall into that same category. Yeah. Yeah, and as a former Wiccan, I give I give the the Fae a little bit more credence than perhaps some others may may or may not. So I I, I can understand that coming from that. But did you recall yeah. if they had any form or any uh, the shadow people that you're looking at? Did they match what the what people are now claiming as a typical shadow figure person? Where it's that tall figure with the hat? And you, you said it was three feet tall, though. It's about three foot tall, and it's it kind of reminded me at the time because you know you know that's about the time Star Wars had come out and everything, and it kind of reminded me of like the little Jawa, except without the eyes, but it's like it like almost like it was wrapped up, you know, and hmm. but it didn't have like it didn't have like the robe. It's just like you know the Jawas have the black wrappings around themselves, right. and it kind of looked like that, and it's. All I could mainly see was the head and, you know, just like maybe part of its upper body. But but I would definitely see something because I'd just be standing there and I'd just kind of see it out of the corner of my eye. And I'd turn around and look and it'd be gone. So it was kind of kind of yeah. weird. Now, did you have any influences into your life like Cheryl's mother with the uh, books on the uh, more eclectic topics? Well, my dad my dad used to read the stuff like about ancient civilizations, mm-hmm. Atlanta, stuff like that. And uh, I think probably when I was about nine or ten, I had... I'd already read uh, was Eric von Donneken, Chariots of the Gods, oh, yeah. Yeah. stuff like that, and that's that's what he was into. And he he kind of like had some books on. He had some of the time life books on like cryptids, like the Loch Ness monster and stuff like that. Yeah. So, the so yeah, I remember those time life books. Yeah, yeah. The, the mysterious world, man. I'm trying to collect yeah, those right nice. now. I'm you remember the co- old bookstores? Yeah. Do you remember the commercial for those? They talk about the ancient civilizations. What did it say? Read the book. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. The whole commercial is you're totally going to have to read this. We're not going to tell you anything about it. But they had yeah. those cool pictures of the really neat tarot cards or the uh, the, ta- yeah. the cards they used to test people with. The, the, uh, the Xenar? Xenar cards? Thank you very much. See, your professionalism outshining mine already. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually got that from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Man, and though I'm not going to start on the remake. I'm just going to leave that alone. I haven't but, seen it yet, so I'm going to withhold judgment. I haven't seen it either. I'm just saying. I, I just I think the tickets are on sale, but I haven't gone out to grab them as of yet. But uh, I, I think I, I'm eventually yeah. going to have to check it out. I think I owe it to. There's a young kid inside me that's screaming for me to buy the <laughs> tickets, so I'm going to have to do that for nostalgia purposes. But either way, I digress. Now, you you had this experience in the woods. Did you ever see the shadow people again since you were a child? Have they come back to you in your adult life? Hmm. No, not at all. Never have. Once I once I hit like ten years old, it just kind of went away. Wow. I don't know if it was maybe I had grown to the point, you know, because they say when you're young you can kind of see stuff like that, but maybe I'd gotten to the point then where I couldn't see it as much. I don't know. That's true. That's very true. So, how did you continue on your journey towards and learning in the paranormal? Cheryl had been reading the books. Did you go that route as well, reading as much as you could? Well, I didn't really get into it until I got I joined, when I joined the Air Force, and I would go to the base library, and they'd have all these books on like Roswell stuff like that. So, started reading those, and then um, mainly just just reading books, um, you know, TV shows like Cheryl said, sightings, uh, stuff like that. Hold on, the Air Force Library. Had books yeah. on Roswell, really? Well, Roswell, just different things. Uh, but yeah, but, did anyone talk yeah. to you about your keen interest in Roswell while you were in the Air Force? No, 
<laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. If, it, it's just kind of shocking. And don't take this wrong, but please, Chad. I just yeah. had this mental image of you sitting there. You've got your Air Force yeah. blues on. And all of a sudden, <laughs> these guys in black walk up to you and go, what are you reading, oh, son? Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it just went through my head with that for some reason. Well, this is at Travis Air Force Base, which is right outside San Francisco. So oh, this yeah. is a little small library. But they, had a, they had a good selection of books in there. I was surprised. That's funny. I wonder if they put them in there just to see who'd be interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weeding those out. Wow. Yeah. So you were in the Air Force and you started reading about these. When did you go on your first yeah. investigation? Was it shortly thereafter? Um, it's actually after I moved back to Tennessee from California. And I had a... Uh, it was actually after we started the magazine, so I joined a group called East Tennessee Paranormal Research Society. Yes, ETPRS. And they invited me to go with them on some uh, investigations, and most, a lot of them were like the, just the residential. Um, I think it's, and we did a couple of like theaters and stuff like that, but I learned a lot from them. It was, it was interesting. Wow. Now, you mentioned that that's when you started the magazine. So how long has the magazine been going? I'm, I'm a subscriber, but I've been subscribed yeah. for just like a little over a year. So how long? I, I think it's been a little over a year. How long, how long has your magazine been going on for? Well, the first issue came out in June of 2008. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and we've pretty much come out with one every month since. Uh, there was one year where we cut it back to one every uh, two months. And, yes, that's right. But then we... Within the within a year, we were back on one a month. So, and if you're interested yeah. in learning more about the magazine, you can actually find them over at paranormalunderground.net. Uh, of yes. course, paranormalunderground.net. You can subscribe to their magazine there. It's a 12-month digital PDF subscription you can uh, go and check out, which is the one I recommend because it gives you the best value. It's 50% off the cover mm-hmm. price. It's 30 bucks, but guys, seriously, the content you get from this is great. You have good topics. You have writers. You have reviews of tech occasionally. You have really good content here, and it's, it's something that I admire your ability to obtain. Telling you as someone that's trying, Rob and I have tried to get good content, Every yeah. Sunday, at least two hours of content. I could not imagine writing that down in the size of a magazine that y'all deliver. Well, when you yeah. first started writing this magazine, who was doing most of the writing or all the writing at that point? Was it yourself um, and Cheryl? Yeah, the first issue, it was pretty much me and Cheryl. And who was one of our other, our other friends was, uh, wrote for us a couple articles. Uh, but then soon thereafter, after because I think initially people didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Because you know how you start something out and it's... They thought maybe it would be some kind of like blog or something like that, but it was actually we we wanted to make it look like a real magazine, and you do people people really latched on to after that, and then it just grew from there. So you do. It's funny because your design language when you're releasing your digital PDF is magazine. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no website design language. You're not making it to seem like a faux blog entry. It's as yeah. if you're going through pages. And I like that. It's really yeah. neat. You even go through the trouble occasionally of putting embossed type style on your uh, images that you use on the cover of your magazine mm-hmm. when you're trying to draw attention to it. And I like that. I like that you speak to the older design yeah. language and don't try to do something completely new. It's nice. It's a nice homage to it, I suppose you could say. But you really yeah. great. Really great content. Now, your um, first magazine issue, do you remember what it was about? Um, the first one. And Cheryl, wow. jump in if you want. If you want to yeah, I don't really. <laughs> wow, I remember that's... writing, but I don't remember what it was about. That is an awesome question. I wish I could say yes right off the bat. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't remember. Um, we had a lot of the same columns in there. Not a lot, but 
but very many that, you know, we started off smaller, a little bit smaller, and we started with uh, different columns on ghosts and hauntings, cryptids, um, UFOs. We did an investigator spotlight. We always try and spotlight an investigator or a team in each issue. It doesn't always happen, but most of the time you'll see an investigator spotlight. And um, we, we did different, like, personal experience columns. Uh, those are my favorite, actually, the personal experience columns yeah. because we hear from people about anything and everything they've run into, whether it be, you know, they saw a, a ghost or they, you know, saw Bigfoot or they um, saw UFO land, you know, down the street. We hear from all different types of people and we still do those columns today. Yes, we have new columns come in and out of the, out of the magazine um, over the years. But back then, it was, we, had, we wanted to hit every point of interest in the paranormal. Now, yeah. we didn't cover the, let's say, psychic or metaphysical side at that time. And I'm happy to say now we do. Excellent. And um, that's, that's a big part of it. And uh, so, we, we, you know, it was... <laughs> It was all new, and like Chad said, we really came together as a group of friends to create the magazine, and um, it turned into, you know, more than just a little newsletter, and right. so we're really happy with it over the years, and we have had so many different writers for the magazine, some uh, you may have even heard of on TV, um, and some are just interested in the paranormal. They like to write about it. Some investigate and they like to write about it. It's just anybody and everybody um, participates. Excellent. Now, so I, I was trying question. to... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, the question no, I did have, though, with the, with the feedback column where people actually share their, their stories, their experiences with you. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to sound insulting with this question to anybody that's written. And please, nobody take it that way. But being in this field... We get our share of outlandish claims. Mm -hmm. How you know? How often do you get that one claim, claim where you look at it and go, "Really? This no." <laughs> <laughs> I, you you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, and I'm trying to be as de as delicate as I can, but we've all had that customer, or that client, or that person contact yeah. us. Yeah, that does happen, and yeah, it's you know, I try to read everything with an open mind. You know, some experience I've had, if I told somebody about it, they'd say that's crazy. You know, so right. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> But, you know, we don't, we, we do, we do filter out what we run in the magazine and we um, basically just take a look, look at the article as a whole, the personal experience well, and go ahead. As long as it's not totally just over the top. Right. Usually we, we give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. We do. We give them the benefit of the doubt. Because <laughs> you, can't, you can't really prove a personal experience. You weren't there, so. Right. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, I'm assuming that if you've got somebody writing into you saying that they saw Elvis getting on board a UFO with a Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of have to pull that one back, I would say, out of, out yeah. of print. You know, I mean, so I, did, I just didn't know what, I guess maybe a better way to phrase that question would have been, you know, to what extent do, you, do some of these claims get? I think a lot of the the emails I get incoming are actually photos, and a lot of them, you know, we don't we don't usually run photos unless somebody wants to write a story around the personal experience, and and then if I think or Chad thinks there's something in the photo, then we'll run that. But a lot of the photos, you know, will come in, and someone says, "Oh, don't you see that? You know, uh, apparition standing right there. I don't see anything. I'm not saying yeah. it's not there, but I don't see it. I pass it around sometimes to." Chad or Karen or whoever, and 
you know, we'll have a discussion. But uh, it, the photos I find are harder to really um, decipher <laughs> in these cases. Yeah, yeah especially well, in this day and age. Yeah, I was going to say also, do you, do you get the infamous dust orb that's a picture of Uncle Tony? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, for those of you listening live right now, we actually got the perfect eye roll on that one out of Cheryl. Um, beautifully done. No, no, because I, you know, honestly, I, I get probably 20 emails a week with just my little paranormal team, you know, with, with pictures of, of the dust balls and people legitimately think they've caught something. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, look at this orb. And the first thing I teach my people when they come in here and we're training them, don't bring me an orb. You bring me an orb. Yeah. We're going to have a long talk. You're not going to enjoy it. <laughs> you unless know, the, unless the orb's actually talking or something like that. Well, yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, we actually did see an orb uh, on one investigation, yeah. and we caught yeah. it on film at the same time. That's a little different, but but it's hard. It's hard. It's it's hard to tell the difference between what could be real, what could just be a bug, a dust, or uh, water. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. We actually shared a picture not long ago on Facebook mm-hmm. that had a picture of a bottle of pledge, and it said first line defense against orbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was. Well, my eye roll. I, I I'm trying not to judge, and I I actually do believe that. You saw an orb, didn't you? Okay. Well, I didn't see an orb, but I did see something I'll explain to you. I do believe that sometimes there are light energies that are something other than what we know about. And why? It's because I did have a personal experience. Uh, It was when my daughter was a baby. She's, oh gosh, just turned 25. So this this was 24 years ago. So it's been a while. But she was little, obviously in the crib. I was in the same room with her at this time. And this happened about four or five you know, a handful of times where I woke up in the middle of the night and over her crib, I saw a ball of light, an energy ball. Oh, wow. And it was pulsating. It was, it's not a little dust particle. It was, it was bigger. And it was hovering over her crib and pulsating. And it was strange because I wasn't afraid, but I was like, what the heck is that? You know, that's not normal, right? Yeah, I would have <laughs> been a going on here? panic mode if that were me, to be honest. Some re- <laughs> For some reason, I wasn't, and I looked wow. at it, and it, and it seemed to notice me, and it came rushing at me, oh, wow. and I and I was out. I don't. I didn't. I was asleep. Back to sleep. Don't remember what happened. Really? Wow. That you happened like I. Back in bed. No, I never got out of bed. Oh, holy smokes! <laughs> I never got out of bed. I was. I had wow. never got. I had never got out of bed, and that same thing happened. Like I said, four or five times, and it, every time it was the same occurrence. I would notice it. It would notice me watching it, and it would zip on over towards me, and I would be. I don't remember what happened after that. Until I, you know, I woke up the next morning. Wow. So I think there are energy orbs of some type. I don't know what they are. You know, if they are spirits. Could be fairies. Could be. I don't know. That never happened to me again after that. Welcome back, so sorry. So sorry. Oh, my gosh. That has never happened. Um, it's quiet, well, right? The electricity has gone out, but not like that. That was odd. It just it flickered. The lights flickered for a minute, and then it went completely out, and then it came back on about, what, 10 seconds later. Wow. wow. So strange, strange stuff. <laughs> one would almost call it paranormal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. No, there's no storms out. I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you. Oh, you know what it was? The ghost is sitting there going, don't tell my story. I know, Don't tell me. I know right? <laughs> you know? Chat's trying to get back online right now, by the oh, way. Okay, that's perfect. That's perfectly fine. Either way. So you were, te- you were talking about your, your son, I believe, Rob? Or yeah, we, we, okay, what, what had happened was, and we can all edit that middle out, that's no problem. But what had actually happened was uh, my son had started crying. He was an infant. And I, I stood up to walk in, and all of a sudden we heard the mobile start winding on its own. 
and it just started playing and he went right back to sleep. So, you know, even though I, I was seasoned in the field at that time, I, it still panicked me. It was my son. I'm going to guard my kid. So we get running in there. His mom jerks him up out of the bed. He starts wailing and crying. Nothing else happened with it. But it was just like a, a sp something had said, oh, he needs his music and literally wound up his mobile. Wow. So, I mean, and it, but I hear all the time about things that seems to be centered around younger children or, or even those in the cradle moments. We've had cases that we were called into because th weird things were happening in the cradles. And I don't know what just caused that to click with me, but it reminded me of that situation as well as some calls we've had about some clients. So uh, do you get a what seems like a, a larger than normal percentage of stories about any particular niche or – I, you know, I think most of the people who write in, uh, write in about their experiences with uh, ghosts and spirits. Um, I think secondarily, UFO encounters. Um, that, that, those are the primary things people write in about. And so, you know, sometimes they just want opinions. They write to us, I guess, because, you know, maybe they think we're experts. Right. Um, and other times they want to share their story. Well, you know that's 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 an interesting th the way that you put that you the wow suddenly lost the ability to speak once again on the show. But it's interesting that you <laughs> share with us your litmus test for your stories and necessarily how you go through them and, and you 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 uh, how you put them on your magazine. But how do you choose a writer for the magazine? Like, if you ever see a, somebody that you're interested in, how do you you gauge their ability to write for your magazine? Because even if they're the greatest writer, you need to make sure they're a good fit for your publication. Right. Yeah, um, I'll have to be honest. Um, a lot of times it's, it's it, it, friends that we meet in the paranormal field or it's um, people we may have interviewed on the show and then they start writing for us on our, on our radio show. And then they, you know, hey, can I you know, write a column for the magazine or send you a couple articles every now and then? And to be honest with you, I, I don't have um, – I don't like to say no because the one thing about the magazine is the whole goal is to share experiences with the readers. And so if someone has something to say, um, I want them to say it and say it in their words. Now, I, I do edit each article. I edit it for spelling, punctuation, and grammar. But I, I try and leave it in their words and I try to... Um, I don't want to edit it because then it's going to be changing around maybe what happened and it might, might misconstrue what they wanted it to say. So a lot of times I don't feel like I pick writers. I feel like they come to me and they want to tell a story. And we let them tell the story usually and that's how it works. Well, it's funny yeah. because if I were ever to write an article for your magazine, you'd receive one giant block and wall of text with no punctuation. That's happened. <laughs> that's happened. Have, Jason's storyline. We went in and it happened, does as it once did before. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm much better speaking than I am writing, and you've heard my ability to speak. So, yeah. Really <laughs> doesn't well that's some funny voice. stuff right there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 that's great that you had the attitude that you take towards the writers, though. That you're, you just want more and more, con and not, not necessarily content, but to share our, our collective right. experience as people. Yeah, and, and a lot of times we have backed up content, obviously, because... You know, we have so many people wanting to share their experiences or whatever knowledge they've, they've come across. And so, you know, we've got a backlog, too, which is great. 
Um, but, uh, what am I going to do with all this content? <laughs> we love content. Well, what's you funny know? is he says the same thing to me when I complain about our caseload. So, I mean... <laughs> What is, I, I don't know. I'm doing something wrong. Some people have to backed up caseloads, backed up contents. Y'all are y'all are awesome. I love I love that that you have that issue, uh, having to try to see if you can cram all this into a magazine. But you know, it's actually good that you that you ha- are judicious about what you choose to put in each issue because you're not just stuffing fluff in the magazine. When I finish no. reading it, I'm I'm kind of wanting more. To be honest with you, as a reader, I'm telling you, I kind of That's want. Great. More. I kind of want more. I love that. Yeah. I love to hear that actually. Um, and we don't we don't just put anything and everything in there. We don't throw everything in there. We have, you as you know, as a as a what, about a year you've been reading, and we have well defined columns. Like right. I said, a few come in and come out, and um, but a lot of them are very. You know the same columns every month, and we like to um, get that information out there. And if somebody comes to me with a special article, you know we'll add it in there as a special report or as a guest editorial. And um, you know we can't run everything, but uh, but we do try and try and get as much as we can in each issue. So when somebody comes to you and they say they want to write an article, do you have basic ground rules that you like that you prefer to? uh, We do provide to them. Yes, we do. We, I, I give a submission guidelines to uh, anyone interested, and um, they are detailed. And um, uh, they basically explain um, what we're looking for in an article. And um, if, it's a, if it's a personal experience article, um, we don't like to structure it as much. But if it's an article on, say, you know, someone who read about you know, the Stanley Hotel, and they want to, you know, impart some information that they found out about it, then we have a little more structure around that. But yeah. otherwise, not, you know, we like to kind of free flow and go with the flow. Yeah, let <laughs> the personal writing style show through mm-hmm. another yeah. yeah, one. We actually had a question pop up, Cheryl. I want to interrupt real fast because I want to get okay. to it before we get too far from the moment. Um, Eric Eric Blakely, who's uh, tuning in, listening to us again tonight, good friend of mine, good friend of the shows. Um, he wanted to know, and this is kind of a personal question, so I'll say that up front. Wanted to know if you had had more than than the one child because he you had said that the uh, the orb activity had never occurred again. So I think he was trying to see if there was a pattern of it to you know any other subsequent children you may have had, or if that was something that was slightly different. Uh, I have two children. Uh, my daughter's 25. That's that's who the the orb story centered around was my daughter. And my son is 21. So I actually have two children. Uh, I never noticed any type of, uh, you know, the, the energy ball light uh, activity around my son. Which, which one saw the woman? Yeah, my son did have an experience. I can tell you about it real quick, um, which was interesting. But um, one night, uh, so we, at the time, we were living in a house that had a long hallway. In the middle of the hallway was a bathroom. And then his room was on this end and my room was on this end. And he, um, he, uh, he was going to the bathroom, so he had to walk out of his room and go like this. And he got about midway, which was about the bathroom, I think he said. And he said he saw a woman hovering in front of my bed because, you know, my door was open. So you could see the end of my bed, kind of. And he said he saw a woman ho- hovering at the end of my bed with no feet. And she, he said she had a ponytail. And... Um, she looked over at him and um, told him to, or, or, or made the shh sign, you know, with a sh- like that. Really? And, um, and then she looked back at me. Of course, I was asleep. I didn't, you know, 
I guess this is what he told me. And then so he ran back into his room. And um, he, so I was asking him about it because I thought, well, maybe he was dreaming, you know. And so I was asking a few questions, like not trying to shape his view or anything, but like just, you know, subtly. And um, so the way he, he saw it is that he did have that experience and it was real. And um, he, uh, he was about seven or eight, maybe, wow. I think, at the he time. Did, did so. he refuse to walk the halls at night? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he, he did have some issues with um, sleeping alone after that. Yeah. And uh, after it was me, diff- peeing in jars in my room and going to the it bathroom. Was, <laughs> oh, thanks for the visual. Cool. <laughs> he has he has Asperger's. So. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, he, yeah, he 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 was diagnosed with Asperger's, um, high functioning autism when he was before he went into kindergarten, and um, he said he has had some other experiences, uh, but uh, I feel like um, he doesn't like to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, that's interesting. Um, Especially as yep. an Aspie, they usually like to talk a lot about things. I'm actually the parent of what's a child with uh, moderate to severe autism. So I'm, and what's oh, wow. well, and the ironic part of it is, is my son actually has the same level of Aspergers that yours does, Cheryl. Oh, okay. So yeah, a little bit of a common thread there. I would think. I wonder if that actually might have something to do with some of the activity. Because I did read an interesting article not long ago about the uh, the connection between certain, um, as they called it in the article, please forgive me if this, developmental disabilities mm-hmm. as far as the way the mind functions and paranormal interaction or the mm-hmm. attraction thereof to yes. spirit. I've so, read about that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that. I'm interested because I have not explored that. I have to admit, I have kept my son away from that aspect of my life, yeah. the paranormal aspect, because of the severity of of his um, uh, of, the, of the autism, and I I just prefer to keep that separate. To be honest, because it's hard enough yeah. explaining to him, you know, the course mm-hmm. of a day, let alone trying to explain why there's a woman floating with no feet, you know, <laughs> including yeah. right. that in the, right. in the mix. So, have Cheryl or, or even Chad, have y'all heard anything about? The correlation between autism or how the paranormal world factors into that? I'm, I'm a complete neophyte in that. Do y'all have any input on that? We did have someone write an article for the magazine years ago. And I, gosh, I wish I could direct you to the issue. I'd have to look it up and get back to you. But it, she had done a study on just this. Um, the correlation between children with, with you know, maybe um, autism or with some other developmental uh, issue um, and their experiences with paranormal uh, phenomena. And it is intriguing it, because she was able to link the two together. I wish I had more details. Chad, I don't know if you remember more details on that, but it's been quite a while. Uh, I can't remember last like... week. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there, Chad. I'm with you there. That's, I like to play it off and say I'm busy. I just don't remember. Yeah. In the morning. <laughs> but the funny thing about the, the article that I read about it, it talked about how people that, that uh, especially in the autistic spectrum, mm-hmm. seem to almost be a magnet for paranormal activity. So it wouldn't necessarily be an issue of you introducing your son into that, that arena, but more along the lines of that arena coming home to roost, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, they said for some reason that the, um, there's a, a much higher occurrence. Mm-hmm. Of paranormal activity associated with children and even adults that have um, you know any form of autism, yeah. but the more s- severe the form of autism, the the deeper the interaction tended to be. 
Interesting. And my son, this, this incident with my son actually happened before we had the magazine and, and any, you know, investigations into the paranormal. So, so this was, of course, I was interested in it then, but, but it, it, you know, I don't think he was influenced yeah. Um, by me, anyway, who knows? Maybe he was. <laughs> but <laughs> we I don't have an interesting, uh, interesting quote up here, actually, from Eric on this, uh, who's, who's obviously paying attention very well. So uh, glad to have you, as always, Eric. Um, expanded brainwaves could allow a better visual cortex for spiritual activity, in my honest opinion. Expanded or the variance of, or a variance of what would be considered the normal. Hmm. Well, well, you know, maybe their brains work differently, so yeah, you know, they see things differently. They do. Their brains do work differently. I mean, you know, going to therapy um, with my son, you know, part of the part of it is that, you know, as a parent um, with a child who has high functioning autism and Asperger's, it's it's hard to think how they think. And so you get, I, you know, I would get frustrated. And yeah, so the yeah. therapist would have to explain to me, look, he, he thinks differently. You know, he doesn't think like you would think. So you have to be more patient and realize his his way of thinking is completely different and that is really i mean maybe that does have something to do with it that's the hardest part training yourself more than teaching your child that's the <laughs> hardest part about about being the parent of a, of a child with autism honestly because the love is easy the love yeah. and the support yeah. is easy it comes from it comes from a, a great place and it never ends but the the hardest part is learning to communicate uh, my son mm. is 10 years old and he's still technically nonverbal. And so trying to communicate is, is, is of the utmost importance to me. And I think the reason that I uh, exclude him from the possibility of going on an investigation is because he cannot tell yeah. me truly what he's experienced and if he's uncomfortable with it at a deeper level. Yeah. Right. You know, it's that nuance that's difficult to, for, for, for him to convey to me, not for him to understand. Because I have, I have learned that regardless as to their level of ability to communicate, children mm -hmm. with autism experience the world on a very deep and detailed level. They're just not able yeah. to communicate that to you. And so it's, it's, super, it's super important that, we, that I act as the, as the protector for, from all things that may concern him you know, in that possibility, which is why I don't bring on my investigations. I don't, I just Absolutely. Don't, yeah. Yeah, and we have another uh, another um, in, input on the, on this from Eric as well. Says well, uh, said well on the off chance that altered brainwaves would allow them to see or interact with spirits, would most likely bring spirits that wanted to try to communicate. And that does make sense. I mean, these children and young adults and you know people with the this particular, for lack of a better term, malady. And once again, please forgive me. I'm trying to be as gentle as I can with it. Um, they could even be a beacon, almost like a spotlight to these spirits that are looking for a way to communicate. And that's something I think that um, would probably garner better research, just in yeah. my honest opinion about it. I agree. I, I, I totally agree. And I think because, you know, they are so detailed and so literal, you know, yeah. maybe they, they can see things or hear things or, or interact in a different way with things outside the normal than, you know, I can or you can. That's true. And I don't mean to turn this into an Autism Speaks suddenly episode, but <laughs> George actually brought this up. He said, I just saw a story on TV about how computer companies hiring people with autism uh, to check for defects in the programming because they can find a certain percentage of more defects than the typical individual can. And I, I, I would love to see what my son can ascertain from my evidence and some of my footage, perhaps yeah. when he's older. 
Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That would be interesting to see for sure because it seems like people that are autistic, at least in my son's aspect, for example, um, it's kind of hard to keep his attention on things. But once he's focused on something, he's yeah. going to take care of that task no matter what it takes. And that's just how his mental makeup <laughs> is. So if he's looking for anything out of the ordinary and some video footage, I'm pretty yeah. sure he'd find something if it was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sherilyn, uh, have you uh, have you ever thought about taking your son on an investigation and in, uh, doing that? Has he expressed interest in the paranormal or gone on any? He has. He is very interested um, oh. as far as going. Yes, go ahead, Chad. I don't. Not so much been on an investigation. You went on a, on a tour with tour us. tour investigations. Yes, yeah. <laughs> not okay. on it's a. Different. Not it's a different a, investigation. Yes, totally. it is. It's it's not with a with a an actual paranormal team. But for instance, we went on a tour of the Whaley House, and he was very interested in that. Um, and he had a personal experience there. We took him on the Queen Mary uh, tour, as well as we did our own our own investigations um, at the two hotels that I told you about, the Queen Anne, and he was there for that, as well as the uh, hotel... Um, Alex Johnson. Alex Johnson. For some reason, that name doesn't want to stick in my head. Um, <laughs> it but is a he, rather nondescript name <laughs> in your defense. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, yes, he was interested um, in, in the actual investigation process because, you know, we whipped out the EVP recorders and we took some video footage. And, you know, we do a few things that, you know, are sort of investigative techniques. But... Uh, on an informal level. Yeah, um, it might be interesting to see what he could actually do with the raw empirical data, the evidence itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he's got an interest, that might be an interesting, I don't want to say test, but at least an interesting gauge of mm -hmm. what he would be capable of doing versus those of us that have the, and I'm using air quotes here, normal activity of our brains because right. it, I mean, it, it may very well help lead to more of an understanding of what the, what they are capable of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, and I've actually <clears throat> never asked him if he was interested in that part of it. Yeah. So that is that's really an interesting question. Well, if you do, please let us know exactly how it goes. I, I would love to hear the feedback on it. But I, I hate to be the one to do this, but we're already at our halfway mark. <laughs> one hour, one hour down. It's hard to believe they go that quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even when you have the small little technical difficulties, the thing still usually just completely and totally flies by. Yeah. So, as we uh, so normally do, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in with us live tonight. If you're listening to us live, you're in one of two locations. You're hanging out with us at livingparanormal.com forward slash live. That is the home of our weekly show, our main hub, as it were, and the home of our exceptionally active chat room tonight. And I'll let Jason, of course, go over our wonderful chatters that happen to be here when he comes up. The additional place you could be listening to us live is freedomrocksradio.com freedomrocksradio.com is home of some of the greatest music on the internet today once again live DJs will be there to acquiesce your request you see what I did with big words there Jason I like that, that do you like that do you like that was that good awesome. see that that those years of college paid off just for that line Absolutely. If you leave freedomrocksradio.com and you've not heard your favorite song, it's your own fault because the DJs will be more than happy to play them for you. Jason, where else can they find us? Well, if you want to find archived copies of our <laughs> shows, of course, you can find us over at livingparanormal.com. Click on past shows and you'll go through all of the episodes into now over 115 episodes of Living Paranormal that we've done over the last two years. Uh, we welcome you to pour through that archive of wonderful knowledge and great guests, uh, for, such as uh, tonight with Ch Chad and Cheryl. I almost said Chad and Cheryl, which is like totally Mexican for me to do that. But either way, <laughs> we, we have great guests like 
the guests we have tonight, uh, including uh, Bill Bean. We have a, just a wonderful collection. I can't even name all of them off the top of my head. But uh, if you also want to find our archive of our podcast, you can search for us over on iTunes or your favorite podcast aggregator. And I see what you did there, Rob. You ate a delicious piece of cake without me hearing it, but <laughs> I did see it, and I am hungry. Either way, if you want to find us over on blogtalkradio.com slash livingparanormal, you can do that as well. We like to put out published and polished copies of our show. It's not always the live raw footage you'll get uh, from the live shows, uh, but we definitely encourage participation there. Because if you do, go to our live shows at livingparanormal.com slash live on Sundays. You can join the likes of the wonderful Eric Blackley. You also have Carla Hayes. You have Kim, George Aguilar, Jerry Lee in the room, along with Rob and myself. And it's a small chat room today, but very active. And in fact, we actually had a great name earlier, Jason. I don't know if you caught it or not, but the real Kim Shady was actually in here. The real Kim Shady? The real Kim Shady showed up. Well, the I thought Kim that was Shady, fantastic. Stand up and join the room once again because <laughs> that was an awesome name. I like that. But we do have, if you're looking at the YouTube page, because over at YouTube, do a search for Living Paranormal. You get to see the live feed, and we include the chat room. I'm pointing to it right now. We include the chat room, so you'll be able to see all the chat that goes on during the show, the mundane, the crazy, and insane chat that goes Eric on. Eric drooling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric drooling and licking random things and people it's weird but either way we love our strange guests and are not guests <laughs> not guests i mean strange chat room but wow two sometimes question mark either way we do <laughs> love everybody there rob's already fulfilled his face palming quota for the day uh but either way. and within the first hour man you're setting new standards <laughs> and you've just raised the bar on depravity well done sir i salute you with a golf clap. If you want to <laughs> complain about my treatment of our guest tonight, you feel free to contact us over at contact at livingparanormal.com. You're not going to throw off my timing, Rob. You're not. But either way, let's go back. You're doing a good enough job of that yourself, buddy. To the show. <laughs> uh, now, let me officially apologize to you two for Jason. Um, you know... It's all good. Hey, you! if you've ever heard our show, we goof around so much. It's awesome. Yeah, we love it. I've been called worse. <laughs> so has Jason. So it's usually I'm... not on the air when I get him. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Actually, once on the air, but let's not go there again. Either way, <laughs> Chad. Oh, man. Chad, we've oh, been talking times. to Cheryl for the last lion's share, I should say, of the hour. And I'm, I'm actually curious. She's, she's illuminated her role as editor in the magazine. Publisher sounds pretty cushy. I got to say, I'm imagining you kicking back in your chair with a pipe, staring, <laughs> staring intensely at your computer screen, wondering, <laughs> how, what are you doing with the publishing role? What exactly is it that you do at the magazine? Well, mainly um, I basically work with Cheryl to decide on the direction that we want the magazine to take. Uh, I'll give her my advice on, like, if I think something maybe a little bit too much or maybe something needs to be softened in tone or something like that but mainly i help her edit the magazine and uh i write a publisher's letter every month but that's pretty much it so when you were first coming up with the magazine when the both of y'all were first coming up with the magazine what did you ever decide that you were going to let all the topics in or did you say we're definitely not going to cover this did you ever put a, a a verboten sign over a specific topic? Well, when we first started it, and you know, we had you know over the length of the time of the magazine, we've had different people involved, and you know, you know, everybody's got their own ideas about how they think things should be presented, and to, you know, on the magazine and stuff. And 
we were the mindset initially that everything had to be like scientific and you know um and over time we've softened that stance to where you know now to me it's it's important for people to be able to have their say because they may have had something happen to them and nobody will listen to them so they can come to the magazine they can they can say what they have to say and at least they get it off their chest right yeah it's funny because you grow as a publication just like i mean Mm -hmm. i i say that coming from our small show Rob and I, when you first hear us talk, starting our first episodes, it's like, yeah. hello, my name is Jason Olivo. Welcome to Living Paranormal. Like we didn't there, sound that good, though. That's the sad part. Yeah, it that, was, that, that oh sounded fantastic. Yeah, I gotta yeah, ironically <laughs> enough, and I'm sorry to kind of spin off in left field here, Jason. I listened to our first show the other day for the first time in probably a year and a half. Painful, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, my. Wow. I know, I know you guys aren't going to believe this one. This show is exceptionally polished compared to yes, it. it was so bad. Well, so bad. Was it our first show that where we uh, had somebody basically was supposed to host and they canceled on me, and I had to almost do it by myself. Oh no! And and I froze, and I'm like for like a minute, I didn't say anything because I couldn't think of what to say. Oh, it's so hard. That did happen. Yeah. Yes. Oh, painful. Have you gone back and listened to your old shows that you all did? Um. Not for a long time. Yeah, don't. <laughs> don't. Just don't, yeah, don't. He's Leave right. punishment for the listeners that decide to <laughs> venture bravely. What yeah. the first shows? It is hard because we're yeah. doing it. Rob and I were doing it on headsets that were like nowhere near the quality of the fine yeah. technology that y'all are currently using. We're talking about <laughs> a step above cell phone uh, combos like it was, and and the sound that it actually produced on the show, it literally sounded like we were talking between two tin cans and a piece yeah. of string. I, we, I I mean, it was it was rough. We had some issues early on with our audio. A few complaints came in. It was it was rough, <laughs> so wow. we could relate. People bothered to write in to complain about it. I see you. Actually- <laughs> they <laughs> did. They yeah. did. It was not fun. What we got to straight up. What was y'all's yeah. initial, or, or Chad, what was y'all's initial uh, uh, publishing platform for your audio? Do you remember? Oh, uh, was Karen Fraser actually had the equipment at the time. And I don't know, what, what, what was it she used? Do you remember? She used a Skype recorder, and this was when the, the, okay. pod, the podcast was around. Um, we went to Sam Broadcaster uh, when we went to the live show. Um, and so I don't really know what Karen used to record the podcasts, but uh, um, we would put them up on Podbean. We still do actually now. So yeah, it's actually a good platform now. Podbean's a good yeah. platform. Yeah. That, that works yeah. really well. And uh, yeah. Sam's is how we're how our fine listeners are listening to the live show. That's how yeah. they get it. Rob's domain is Sam's broadcaster. He's yeah. the one that's the expert on that. I'm more of the Adobe Audition kind of guy after the scene, so that, that's the manner in which I... It, it, it just comes with being a DJ, man. It's, you got to <laughs> learn your software there. Yeah. So. He decided to leverage this show into being a DJ. It's great. Although I think yeah. he's a better DJ. Anyway, um, so oh. we do... <laughs> no, but the, growing the show and really changing it up a little bit, I can see how it can translate over to a magazine as well. You know, you're focusing on yeah. newer topics. You get away not so much from the scientific aspect, because I hear what you're talking about. You were saying that you were being a yeah. little more scientific, but do you mean like diligent, like did uh, in, in the in the way in which uh, I don't want to say diligent either. What is the word I'm looking for? It starts with a D, ends with a T. There's a whole lot of mess in between. What am I trying deliberate. to deliberate? Deliberate. Thank you. It doesn't even end with a T. Deliberate with your content. Right? Did you try to, to to schedule everything out and really be strict with an outline? 
Yeah, I think we tried to focus more on the scientific explanations as opposed to the more esoteric and uh, mystical side of the paranormal because I, I, it's, it's hard when you first get into the paranormal because you're wanting everything to be real, but then you're also saying, well, you know, you got to have proof. And, right. But sometimes you can't, you can't have proof because it just, it's not there because, you know, stuff happens and you can't, most of the time you can't even recreate it. You know, it's just, right. you know, I hear you. I hear you. And, and I also hear loud and clear, like, no, I said scientific, Jason. Don't put words in my mouth. I said scientific. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I get you. That was me trying to, to, to foolishly fumble around for an explanation, but I, I understand. So <clears throat> well, the way we were approaching things as well is, mm. is, is trying to be to real, real deliberate about things or, or, or yeah. that aspect. And I lost my train of thought just now, which still happens, even though we've been doing this for years. So this is where Rob jumps in. And ask a really <laughs> wonderful question. To, so to bail him completely out, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I get where you're coming with with the entire, uh, you know, getting the realism part into it. Because even the most scientific explanations, mm-hmm. before they're looked into scientifically, they become a real world thought. That real world thought then gets tested, and that's kind of how the process works. So I understand where you're coming with this. It actually kind of puts you on the front line of that process as you're posing the original idea for everybody else to kind of describe. Now, I know Jason and I have had a few, a, a, at least one or two guests on here, and I'm not mentioning names, of course, because we love all of our guests. This is also yeah. a platform for people to come and you know, kind of throw out there what they would like to hear. But there's a few times after the show, me and him have been kind of like, oh, okay, I was just waiting <laughs> for a foil hat to show up. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but a lot of time, and I'm, and I'm telling that story tell this one, I, I took on a case, okay, went to the lady's house fully expecting that type of a outlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the claims that she made was outlandish. Yeah. I'm standing there talking to her in broad daylight, and right in the middle of the interview, I have a finger go straight up my back. <laughs> sure enough, it was one of the more haunted places that we've been, and she was very yeah. legitimate with what she had told us. So by allowing in this type of information, you guys are actually opening it up to some people that might need help in those areas. Have you yeah. had any good success stories come back from you about people you may have spotlighted on that you had talked to that ended up getting help through the magazine appearance or through contacts that you have? Sure. Yeah, we we have um, we get a lot of people writing and asking for help, and we are unfortunately are not qualified to help. Um, we don't have that expertise, and so I, as often as I can, try and refer them out to people who I have confidence in that may be able to help. And people have written back and said, "Thank you so much. They helped me, and I really appreciate it." And so that type of network uh, makes it all worthwhile because that's why we're doing it to help people. And I love it when that happens. And, you know, even though we may not be able to give them advice, I can refer them to someone who may be able to help. And and Chad can refer them. um, Or we reach out to other people who may be able to refer them. And so it's great to have that paranormal community out there because, to me, it's all related. And the more people we can help, the better. Absolutely. Now, when when it comes to referring somebody out to, uh, to a team, what type of criteria do you look into for that team? Because I imagine you're not just going to go into the phone book and say, oh, look, here's Joe's Paranormal Group in Burbank. Do you have a, like a set level of criteria? I mean, for example, do they have to have a priest on their staff? Do they have to have, you know, et cetera, et cetera? No offense um, to Joe and his paranormal team in California, by the way. But <laughs> right, right, right. Burbank, California, yeah, nonetheless. I, I, I don't have a huge list, uh, a set of criteria. Um, basically, if, if I have spoken to or we've had them on the show or they've 
you know, been in the magazine and I feel confident that they are legitimate and want to help people, that's, that's all that needs to happen. And then I refer them out there. If I don't know of a team in their area, I'll, I'll turn to someone who is in the area who might know of a team right. and then yeah. it's up to them to then refer. But I always tell people who come to us that uh, we cannot speak on the team's behalf. We can only refer them and hopefully they can help. We can't promise anything. So we don't ever make any promises because we don't know what's going to happen. And if, if, if they need a priest and, you know, um, a, a team doesn't have one, they can refer them out to somebody who may or who may know of, of a priest who could help. So um, we really don't have that list of criteria um, as long as we, we – no, we don't look them up in the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> no so. dart involved in the choosing. No. <laughs> no dart. <laughs> no. You know, as, as this is actually some, a reason why Rob and I are such good co-hosts because Rob actually explained eloquently and better – exactly the, the the route I was going to take with my thought process. The idea that shows, and I'm assuming uh, your magazine has, has seen this kind of transition and growth, it, it starts as a personal voice and then turns into a platform for uh, everyone that can, they can speak in, in a place, a safe place, so to speak, where people mm -hmm. can, can voice their views, their opinions, their experiences without judgment. Mm -hmm. which is what I really like our show for and really why, why I'm doing our show because I, I want to have a place where people can speak without being judged or called the crazy one in the room or called yeah. the creepy ones. That's awesome. That's awesome. Exactly. Um, we feel the same way and I never try and judge because I'll tell you, like I said, if someone comes to me with a story that, that just is hard to believe, I have to remember my stories that are hard to believe. I have to remember Chad's stories. I have to remember you know, all these stories that are If you're not in the moment, Let's be honest. It's hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've got to keep an open mind in what we're doing or why do it. It's funny when my mentality is like, I don't want to call anyone crazy because glass houses, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just the way. It exactly. Is. <laughs> well, when you spend most of your time sitting around in very cold, dark rooms, talking to the air and praying that you get a whisper on a recorder. Yeah. I, I think at some point you actually have to question your own sanity if you do this long <laughs> enough. And since I've been doing it for 31 years, I have a lot of reason to question my sanity at this point. So <laughs> It's funny because Chad, I was helping Chad with, uh, I don't know why this, what, something you just said just brought this into my, into my mind. No, but please. I was helping Chad with audio review when he, when he investigated with the team uh -oh. here in Tennessee. And I was new at listening to audio, you know, the, the EVP sessions and it like literally took my breath away because I got the cliche help me EVP on the recorder. And I'm like, wait, no, it was a whisper, but I, it was clear. I said, Chad, is this yeah. what I think it's what I think? And it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it, was it was like, cause there was nobody else in the room except me and one of the other investigators. So yeah. And, and it just, wow. when you get that kind of evidence, okay, maybe you're not so crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it's so hard to bring that up during the review, isn't it? You're like, we got to help me. You know, you're self-conscious yeah. about that. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. It, the only thing that I think that could be worse than that is get out. Like, that's worse. <laughs> yeah. I think, worse I think that's worse. I'll kill you. That would be even worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Chad, way to one-up me. You're absolutely he right. Did, he, was, yeah. <laughs> he did it. He did it. That's awesome. But that's true. Uh, we had a gentleman on the on the uh, on the show who's actually with Darkness Paranormal Society. His name okay. is uh, uh, Travis, and uh, we call him Tiny. Everyone calls him Tiny, which is ironic because he's huge. This huge firefighter. <laughs> 
this huh. huge man, the firefighter, who yeah. wouldn't be afraid of anything. Well, he was telling a story about how he was coming down the stairs, and he heard, why are you here? <laughs> and he just turned Blanche White. Yeah. <laughs> and, just and actually, I, I met him out. in real life. I, I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm six foot one. He he, bigger than me, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I mean, that's a big he, boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he, he was a good investigator and a great guy to talk to. But I'm telling you, ooh. <laughs> he was yeah. scared, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to <laughs> he was terrified. Yeah. yeah. So, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Have you ever had Chad as an investigator? Because I know you were taught. We yeah. Cheryl had mentioned that you were a a bit more seasoned in the actual investigation mm-hmm. field, in the field itself. You ever had those moments where you kind of had your bravery questioned or challenged at any point? Usually it's when you're in the dark and you hear something when nobody's supposed to be there, like moving around. Right. But usually it ends up, like like at Waverly Hills, it usually ends up being a cat or something like that. <laughs> Gratefully, it ends up being a yeah. cat. But then there's that moment when you can't explain it. And you're wondering, should I leave or try to capture more? Yeah, because you're, you're standing there and you can't see anything. And you're like, you're trying not to run. but. Well, what about the, the, Velisca, the Velisca? No, it's the Queen Mary. Oh, what, when I was walking down the hallway on the other side of the where you guys were, and I heard somebody in that little closet. Yes, okay. But there was nobody in there. Huh? Oh, wow. What are you all talking yeah, about? So, what so okay, we're at the Queen Mary, and they have this area down below deck. It's called uh, Watertight Door 13, where somebody supposedly got squished Ooh. when the door closed. Right. And so they're over there, right there by the door, doing their thing. And I walked around the other side, and there's like another hallway. It goes around the other side, and there's like this little closet where they have pipes and stuff and i heard something i'm like and the spirit's name was john and i go john is that you and he goes i heard somebody go mm-hmm oh, and that's nice. that's probably the fastest i've walked because i mean you know it's just it's scary <laughs> it is yeah it really is i mean we're no we're investigators i know we we you know our thing is to sit in the dark in, in places that are supposed to be yeah. wanted and we hope to catch it but there's a part of you that wants oh. that screams run you know, because it's unknown. You know, and that's that's what man fears the most is something he doesn't understand. You know, and yeah, I right. guess that's why people go out and investigate so they can try to understand better and not be so afraid. Yeah, I mean, we all have that. We're, we're I guess we're all a bit jaded about certain things. We all roll our eyes a bit when we hear orbs. You know, Rob and I kind yeah. of I started calling demons the D word because we hear that so often yeah. around demon yeah. this, demon that. And we know, as, as, as those of us that have been in the field this long, we know that the demons are not that common, people. It's probably not a demon. In no. fact, it might even be paranormal. I but, think the ahead. investigators, when they, if they come in here and say the D word, they influence people, and then they think, oh, it's a demon. Right. It could be something totally, totally different. Right. We, and I've actually heard some investigators, and I'm, I'm not here to out anybody. I'm not here to call names. But, I mean, it's almost like the Orkin man telling somebody that they've got termites. You got the demons. I, I, I mean, I've heard that. I'm like, <laughs> no, it, it sounds like they said, hi, Bob. It doesn't, nothing ma- malicious about it. <laughs> no, they got the demons. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I think a part of it as an investigator, we have to break ourselves of that trait as well, because we, you know, being humans, things we can't understand, we can't explain, always we picture it as being worse than it actually is. Yeah. Now, I want to ask y'all's personal opinion, and I know it's difficult to express this in the magazine a lot because we try to be diplomatic. I mean, Rob and I on ourselves as well. We censor ourselves on this mm-hmm. show because we want to be able to provide, as we said earlier, a judgment-free platform. 
in which anybody can express their views, and I welcome anybody to express any view. I've heard things on this show that I don't necessarily subscribe to that school of yeah. thought, but I want you to be able to express it because others might find enlightenment from it. So I'm just wondering, do either, how do either of you feel? And we'll start with Cheryl because of the whole ladies first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheryl, do you, how do you feel about some topics such as a Ouija board? Like, do you feel it's even a valid tool of communication? Do you think it's just a Parker Brothers toy or Hasbro toy? Or how do you feel about the Ouija board in truth? Well, I, I've used, when we were kids, we used the Ouija board. We tried to get it to work, and it never worked for us. So we were disappointed as kids in the Ouija board. <laughs> Being kids, of course, we didn't understand that um, it could be a dangerous tool. I, I like topics like the Ouija board. I like pretty much anything and everything because... There's some things that people have experienced that why isn't that as legitimate as something else? You know, what makes it not as legitimate? Who decides that? Who decides what what could be real and what can't be real? But the Luigi board, just talking about a subject like that, I've heard people who have had horrible experiences or good experiences. They've had great experiences. And so I think a lot has to do with intention. And I think that can go with anything um, whether you go into an investigation with a certain intention, is it, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? What's going to happen? Um, I mean, and then that leads to what does the human what what impact does the human mind have on the environment? You know, how much do we influence? You know, the Ouija board. Maybe it's not a spirit. Maybe it's our minds. Maybe it's you know, subconscious. We, right. It, you know, it just opens up a, a huge can of worms. But I do actually think things like the Ouija board. Um, what other what other types of uh, you know dowsing rods right dowsing rods any type of talking boards you know they use the glasses on the table to communicate anything like that table tipping um, I've heard of somebody who had a, a totally cool table t- tipping incident and he swears it was legitimate and so I think anything um, who's to say just talking into a recorder is the only viable communication um, technique. You know. Especially considering how long the Ouija has been used. I mm-hmm. think the big, uh, the biggest debate that we kind of had on the show has not so much been the validity of using the device, more along the lines of the safety of using the device. And the reason that I point that out, too, is I saw, once again, a, a meme on the Internet that kind of uh, hit me as funny. It was talking about how uh, the Ouija board that's produced by uh, – who's the company behind it again? Parker Brothers? Is it Parker oh, Brothers Hasbro? or Hasbro? I think oh. it's Hasbro now. Is it one of them? Is it Hasbro? Okay. It says ages eight and up. So it said, so you have to be 21 to drink and only eight to summon a demon. Yeah. Nice. And I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was it's, you have to be 21 great to drink point. and eight to summon Satan. Yeah, summon <laughs> Satan. That was great it. Great point. <laughs> but do you put that into the, uh, to the level of something that's best left to the trained person, or do you think it's pretty much a benign communication tool? I don't necessarily think it's benign, um, even though I think intention has a lot to do with it. But I do think that we can open doorways that may be dangerous, that we didn't intend for it to happen. Um, so it's, it's, you know, even if you, you, you think, oh, well, I'm going to try and talk to, you know, uh, my great-grandma on the Ouija board, maybe something else may come in, even though you don't intend it to. So I think it is, you have to be careful with what you're doing, and you have to know what could happen um, and, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, nobody really talked about 
out in the open anyway, um, a lot of ghost talk and that kind of thing. And so right. we could play with a Ouija board. Nobody ever discouraged us to do it. <laughs> so, right. um, but it now it's really different. cool thing to do when you were younger, it was. Like you were the it edge, was. edgy kind of person. Yeah, it was. And now it's different. And I think mm-hmm. it's best to educate your children, um, around these devices, especially if they go with you on an investigation. And we've had all sorts of debates and articles on when, should a child be allowed to investigate or should they at all be allowed to investigate? And I have always thought, well, it's, I think it depends on the child and the parent. And, totally. um, that, that child's so, level of, of maturity, understanding, mm-hmm. ability to process information. I totally agree. There are such, if my child were typical, I may mm-hmm. have taken him on an investigation. Uh, I don't know. Age 10 is a little young, but I may have thought of it at least or considered it more than mm-hmm. now. And, and as I said earlier, not his level of intellect. He's sharp as a tack. This kid is very, very sharp. He's, he surprises me. He was able to, to read before he could speak or write. Oh, wow. or, and he was able to, to read before he was able to verbalize, I should say, because technically nonverbal. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful child. I love my son to death. But, you know, I, I, I would not take him an investigation. And as you yeah. said, Cheryl, per, on a child-by-child basis. Absolutely. <laughs> I completely agree with that, 100%. Now, very well stated. Very well. I, I do want to be the devil's advocate and the, uh, vo- the, the representative of the Vox Populi right now, though. When everybody says, like Rob just said, you want to be a, a, a trained user of the Ouija board. How the hell do you train <laughs> <laughs> on a Ouija board? Who is this? Who's this Ouija board instructor? Where are they? Do you, is there a Ouija well, board I- academy? No, I, and I want to know. <laughs> How do you define somebody that is a well-trained practitioner of a talking board? And then they have to be out there. Everyone is referring to these well-trained practitioners. And I want to hear from, from you. Well, what do you all think about that? What is it? That, that That's a valid tra- question, by the way. I would have to, I have to give the floor to you on that one. Good job, sir. Good job. I don't know. What do you, what do you, do you, what do you think, Chad? Let's go crazy and just start with the well, first. What do you think? I think <laughs> I think the Ouija board, is just, it's just like any other communication device. Anytime you try to, you know, contact spirits, what have you, you open yourself to them. So it's just, it's hard to find somebody that would be able to guide you on that. Um, There's people out there, you know, the more spiritually minded stuff like that, they might say, okay, I'll I'll take you under my wing and teach you how to do it. But I mean... Let me let me let me do something then because I threw out an amorphous question that's difficult to ra- for for us to answer and I apologize because it sounded a bit loaded as well and I don't want y'all thinking and by y'all I mean Cheryl and Chad I don't want y'all thinking I just attacked y'all and threw a crazy question in there. What let me let me put it this way, I let me outline what I think and try to okay. answer the question. This kind of person would be that would be required to teach you how to use a Ouija board, somebody that has a strong spiritual background. Somebody mm-hmm. that is firm in their personal beliefs and in who they are, because you're talking about opening yourself up to whatever it is. Yeah. I always say the reason, the reason a Ouija board is dangerous is because you're, you're, you're standing there and you're saying, I am open to whoever and whatever wants to communicate with me. And whenever you open yourself up to that level, whether it be you're speaking to a spirit or you're speaking to a politician, it's going to be dangerous. You, know, you well, don't want to leave yourself open like that. You don't need a Ouija board to do that, though. You can just do that by talking to them. Okay, and Jason, you have a great point. In fact, something happened to Chad, if he will talk about it, at the Hotel Alex Johnson. I did it, yes. Um, I remember the name. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. (laughs) That he, yeah, Chad, please tell your story. Well, (laughs) we were doing an EVP session, and I was sitting there and basically told the spirit 
to use my energy, not thinking anything about it. And then the next thing I know, I felt like like something was trying to sit down on top of me. And I I was kind of like freaking out. And I'm like, no, I didn't mean it like that, you know. So what I think was happened was I told the spirit to use my energy and maybe it thought it was supposed to enter my body or something like that. And so... You can. You don't even need a Ouija board for something to interact with you. You just. You could be using an EVP recorder, and and either they're a, a bad spirit of some sort, or maybe they just misunderstood you. Right. And then you're having. You basically bit off more than you can than you can chew. Heck yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I I'm, I I have to advise anybody listening to this. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say yeah. use my energy. Well, I learned I learned that lesson the hard way. Lesson learned the hard way. Definitely, yeah. Jason. I agree. Don't. And Chad did it from an innocent perspective. Yeah, totally. And guess what? It it backfired and uh, left it left an impression on them. It was, you know, for a while. And it's just like with a Ouija board. Yeah, know what you're getting into. Don't ever let. Don't ever say, use my energy, unless <laughs> maybe you're trained like Jason, you know, you're, you're trained and you know how to do this type of thing. But I just, I don't think it's ever a good thing to do um, because, you know, maybe they, they might, you know, take, possess you, uh, not in an evil way. Or uh, attach. Just, yeah, or yeah. attach to you. Thank you. Um, but protections i've heard of people always they never go into an investigation or into a evp session without doing the protection ritual mm-hmm. and they and they feel that that is what protects them from opening a doorway um to something negative and so maybe that's what you, you know that's a good practice to have before you go into some type of paranormal investigation is to have your own protection ritual and um you know, to follow certain steps that, that are, you know, best practice in keeping you and those around you safe. I agree. Chad, do you have anything that you do to, as far as that you've ritualized to kind of either... Uh, I just visualize white light, um, okay. put up a psychic shield. Um, I've heard of different ways of doing it, but basically I just... Initially, when I first started investigating, I would visualize white light, but then I, then I heard that... White light basically keeps everything out, and so now it's more like a uh, a silver colored uh, shield around my body. Nice, but uh, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much what I do. So that's your pre-investigation, or do you? Yes. Okay. Is there anything that you do to kind of like leave the energy behind, so to speak? Pre-investigation. Um, whether it be a silent prayer to yourself. I don't do yeah, anything too much. fancy. I used to be Wiccan, so I completely understand yeah. the whole silver light around you, the visualization yeah. and the power of that, of self-empowerment yeah. and self-realization. But as a Catholic, I think I do a real yeah. silent prayer to myself as I leave a place and, and try to appease the spirits and also with mentally thinking of grounding energy. But mm-hmm. um, combining the two, I guess you could say in a strange process of, of Catholicism and, and yeah. Wiccanism. But uh, I think it's important to have to have that kind of, of ritual, as Cheryl was referring yeah. to, where you're protecting yourself and those that you love. And it sounds like you agree. Yes, I do. Absolutely. I think the biggest difference with me is I don't actually do that prior to the investigation. And here, here's my line of thinking on this. If I go into an investigation 
as shielded as I possibly can be, then I could prevent something from happening that normally yes. would occur. I'm not going to have the experience that the client does. So I usually hold off on any type of ritual, any type of cleansing, unless it's in a defensive mode, of course, mm -hmm. until we're ready to leave. And at that point, then I do the cleansing so that we don't take anything home with us anymore. Yep. But I always just thought by doing it beforehand, we were limiting our experiences towards what the client actually might have manifest in their home. Makes sense. I actually want to point out something that was brought up in the chat room earlier, and I'm a sh I feel bad that I missed it because George was talking about uh, Chad's uh, statement in regards to, you know, use my energy. He put up in the chat room, and George Aguilar is actually a, a pretty seasoned investigator who was with Everyday Paranormal for some time, who was uh, previously had been on, on TV. But the, uh, the, the, what he said was, I always tell people, don't ask them to come talk to me. But come talk yeah. to my recorder or recording device yeah. because you're not inviting anything towards your person. You're inviting it towards the actual apparatus that you're using to record, whether it be this light because you're talking to a spirit from the 1800s or possibly even earlier or whether mm -hmm. it be this device or thing. If you feel like it's a more contemporary spirit, I think that's a really good idea to, to direct the energy in a way. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. I think that that would be a great practice for any investigator to do. Have you all ever received articles or stories from people that you felt may have been simply outright dangerous in their practices mm -hmm. or methodologies that they were espousing? I really can't think of any. Um, Chad, can you think of any that we've gotten in like that? Not offhand? When are no, I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> and I say that because I, I hear, I see these TV shows. And admittedly, yeah. I don't watch those shows anymore because I've seen firsthand these boring CCTV loops. I don't really need to see somebody else watching that secondhand. Yeah. But either way, I don't really watch that, those shows too much anymore. But when I was doing it, I see a lot of people being confrontational with spirits, a lot of people mm -hmm. being insulting towards yeah. spirits. And I feel that can be a dangerous practice in its heart. Uh, what do you all think? I I don't think he should be disrespectful anyways because I mean if they're actual spirits then they're they were people at one time and you should treat them with respect just like you would be expected to somebody to treat you with respect. Um, I I guess I kind of see why they would do it sometimes, but I, don't, I honestly I don't think it's necessary. If the spirit wants to communicate, it's going to communicate. You don't have to do all that stuff. Yep, completely agree. I agree with that. And uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy that these people, I, I feel bad that, they, that there are some that will go out to a site. And you know it's typically going to be teenagers. And I'm not mm -hmm. tapping into the 80s horror movie meme where, you know, it's always teenagers doing crazy things in haunted houses or graveyards and then zombies come marching out. I, I yeah. mean, like, you know, because I was a kid once who, brought, mm -hmm. who got a lot of my information from popular media. Uh, yeah. and, and fortunately, I also got a lot from books, so I knew better in a lot of as different aspects. But, you know, there is going to be that kid that runs out and starts being, you know, aggravating spirits or trying to mm -hmm. rile them up or trying to be disrespectful. And you're absolutely right. They were people in a former life. Rob has a very famous thing he loves to say all the time where, you know, it's like you're standing in someone's living room and you're insulting them to their face. Yeah. You know, you're, of course, going to get a negative response. And that is not the response you're going to want to get if yeah. they bother talking to you. And you don't want right. that to happen. Yeah, and it's amazing how many people actually do follow that path. I've seen it 
you know, time and time and time again. And actually, you know, I've had clients request it. Now, you know, if a client requests it and they feel like they're dealing with something that may be more aggressive and might respond better to it, that's where I'll kind of pull back and say, okay, well, let's try it and see what happens. But even after that, afterwards, I'm apologizing to the spirits mm-hmm. that are there because I don't want them to think that that's my brand, as it were, my product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we've just had better success without doing it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Dustin Perry actually came in last week, and he said he likes to do things a bit differently. And I really like this approach that he mentioned. And you can, uh, he was saying that I like to start out with a bit of a joke. Like he comes in okay. with the really upbeat, saccharine almost personality, and it would almost <laughs> seem artificial if if you hadn't talked to Dustin for an extended period of time. He's genuinely a really happy, cool guy. But yeah. he puts off this positive energy within the room, and he says he gets a lot of great results from that. And I think that's neat. I think it's better than that's almost better than being neutral. I think a lot of us are have the danger of trying to fight that negativity with neutrality. And I think right. that we, maybe you know maybe I've been doing a bit wrong. Maybe I want to rethink my technique and be a little more happier and start joking around a bit about the things with the spirit. But you know, well, I don't know. What do you think, Chad? Well, been doing it wrong all the um, time. Well, I, I actually, when I go into a location, like when we went to the Velisca Axe Murder House, and you just sit there and think, and you're like, these people, you know, they were murdered, and now if their spirits are still here, I mean, why haven't they moved on? And it's kind of sad in a way, and you, you kind of yeah. wish you could help them somehow, you know, because, you know, whether they're stuck because they don't even realize they're dead or, or they're stuck in that moment, you know, it's just, I just find it kind of sad. Yeah, very true. I'm sorry, Rob, what were you going to say? Uh, n- nothing. I was actually just going to try to go back to one of your famous questions because I've been kind of wanting to get this one um, more specifically from Chad because he is a little more of the field investigator. Chad, you're asked to go on an investigation, but as part of a, t- a test, you can take one piece of technology, only one piece of equipment. What do you take, my friend? Oh, oh man. <laughs> the paranormal desert island kind of question. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would probably just take like an H2 or something mm-hmm. like that. And you're, of course, yeah. referring to a Zoom H2 digital yes. recorder. Yes. For the uninitiated. Because uh, any other, like, you know, like, like people like, some people like the K2. I don't know about that because it's, how do you know what, what it's actually picking up? I mean, you don't know if it's picking up spirit energy or, or maybe there's some bad wiring in there. Or maybe somebody, so I've actually seen the K2 when somebody had their plane in airplane mode and they would, you know, push the button or whatever and it'd make it go off. So, but there's a lot of equipment out there. You don't really know what it actually does. You know, you just what everybody tells you it does, but you don't know does it really do that. Like, like the ovulus. You know, how you know how does that work? I mean, I've heard some stuff, convincing stuff on the ovulus. Like, um, like somebody will be asking questions, and then the ovulus will start saying words that are related to them, like like where they're from, what they do for a living, and so that kind of makes me think. Well, maybe there's something to it, but you don't really know for sure. You know what a piece of equipment does. Yeah, remind me after the show, I'll tell you what a novelist did to me. I don't want to do it on a PG oh. content <laughs> show. Stick around afterwards, Jason. Please don't let me forget because it was absolutely hilarious. And okay. No, yeah, no it was amazing. And in the chat room, if you're following along, I actually put in a link to a Zoom H2 if you're wondering uh, where you can possibly get one. That's actually a great drop for a piece of equipment. Uh, yeah. You can get a Zoom H2 in handy recorder for $159, although there's also an H1 that you can get away with for $100. Either way, Zoom makes fantastic 
products for the prosumer and the professional as well on their higher ends. So really great stuff and a good drop for a really good uh, piece of, of equipment and advice there. I like that. I like that. I want to provide that plus, to, our, to our listeners. Plus the, the, the less quality of a recorder, the more apt you're to get EVPs because of, it's because it picks up everything. Right. You know, and it, it muffles it and depend I guess it depends on the sample rate and stuff like that. It's supposed to uh affect the, the audio quality. Yeah, it's a good sweet spot. It's a very good sweet spot. You don't have all that rear sound rejection that you'll get from a lot of stereoscopic recorders. It's more mm-hmm. of an omnidirectional recorder because yes. of its capsule arrangement. And of course, as you alluded to earlier, you do have a very high sample rate on that H2N. So it's a really good piece of hardware. I love hardware. I live and breathe yeah. that, so that's, I saw that. I instantly recognize that as a really good piece of equipment choice. And uh, I guess directing the same question to you, Ms. Cheryl, if you had one piece of uh, hardware to go on an investigation or to write your magazine with as well, if you want to cater it towards you, what would you choose? Well, I, I would love to get some, some video evidence, so I, I, take a, I take a camera with me. Even though I love EVPs. I mean, if you know, if you got something on video that was pretty convincing, that would be great. Well, hey, these video recorders have good microphones on them too. Sometimes you'll get some good, yeah, true. some decent right. audio from them. I've caught true. some EVPs on on audio. Actually, I've uh, honestly, I think I have caught more EVPs on my Sony cam, my old Sony cam using mm. digital high eight audio tape or video tape, than I have on my four hundred dollar Roland Iderall recorder. Like, I've <laughs> gotten so much better equipment than our <laughs> catches on that video camera. So that's a good choice. I like that. Now, are you as baffled as I am about the lack of night vision on a lot of the higher-end cameras until you get to the thousands of dollars? Because there used to be night shot everywhere, like mm-hmm. the Sony night shop and all that. And unfortunately, I think Bell Howard is the only ones that they carry the, true, the, the Sony type or style night vision anymore. Uh, do, you, do you have a particular brand of camera that you like to recommend people to take a look at or... Uh, as far as that, well, we actually have one of the old Sony Sony handy cams with, with night night vision. Yeah, the Zero Lux, the nice one, with the uh, the little hot shoe on top. And we have like a little, uh, I guess it's called Illuminator, hooks into that. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more uh, IR. But uh, and we have a HD camera we never use. But uh, <laughs> it's it's actually actually I actually bought where did we get that? It was like a a giant. IR light. And I can't remember who, who we bought it I from. I don't remember. But they gave it to us as to test it out. But it it uh it's it had like a little hot shoe on top of that. But it, Phantom it was actually, Light? Was it called Phantom Light? Fa- Phantom Light. I think. Yeah, Phantom Light is a big we actually have Phantom Lights on our handheld. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, we had this H D camera. It was actually a Sony, but it was like a cheaper model. It was like fifteen hundred dollars or something like that at the time. Mm. Um it's, it's, it was one of those shoulder mounted cameras. It was nice. Uh, I can't remember. It was uh, HD 1100 or something like that. It's just bulky and hard to use when you're trying to investigate. Yeah, it wasn't it really practical. Not practical for us. Yeah. No, yeah. but you're talking about they were they were they were considered a step ahead because prior to that, you had seen people with a shoulder-mounted camera and almost a briefcase for the yeah. for the camcorder walking around trying to record their kids' ball games. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I get why that was at one point the cutting edge of technology. Uh, do you all yeah. subscribe to the same school of thought as far as the IR uh, cameras and the uh, not the cameras, but the illuminators? I know it was either Barry Fitzgerald or Jeff mm-hmm. Leeper that we had on. It was here. Barry. It, it was, was Barry. Barry. Yeah, yes. he was saying that he found that the more that the, more on the 
the way, yeah, exactly. The wavelengths that you use to uh, actually either drive away yeah. or attract spirits. Have you Well, that? I actually, if I'm the mindset that I don't know why people investigate with the lights off. Really? At all. Yeah, because I, I feel like why, I mean, if you go see a spirit, you're going to see a spirit. I mean, it doesn't matter if the lights are on or off. Um, now, I've heard, like, Barry, uh, I read that book that him and Dustin wrote here uh, a long time ago. And they were talking about how they felt like UV light would drive them away, too. And it would it would cause them to uh, manifest. Right, right. Or something to that effect. Yeah, he said that he had noticed that infrared... Yeah, would drive away yeah. the good positive, spirit, positive yeah. spirits, they, yeah. and the it felt like it hurt them. Yeah, right. And the ultraviolet would force away the negative spirits. Yeah, and we have heard. I have actually read a few studies where uh, the use of a black light, which does kind of mimic the the um, ultraviolet spectrum. Yeah, uh, people using those in, for lack of a better term, a spectral or spiritual safe house to keep a negative entity at bay. Okay. So I don't know if it falls along that same term or not, but I'm, I have, am I the only one that has heard this particular study? Maybe so that's, that's why there were so many positive feelings in the 60s and 70s. Well, that and the copious amounts of weed that was smoked. We'll just <laughs> yeah. kind of move on with Hippies that. Please explained. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, shoulder but cams, I'm, that was fun in the, uh, in the chat room. And they're saying, there you go, energy drive spirits away. So, yeah, a lot yeah. of, uh, uh, of uh, approval in the chat room there regarding that. So, I don't know. It's really interesting. I've, I haven't had much myself as far as uh, experience using different wavelengths in regards to spirits. I definitely want to check that out. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, really interesting theory. Really, really interesting. But go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, you're fine. I just I, – I, I had heard that before, and I was just wondering if that had ever been something that had crossed your all's desks about the use of uh, any, any type of specific lighting that was used for a – spiritual type safe house or uh, in a defensive type mode against a, a negative entity i've ever heard of that you... no i haven't i haven't heard of that yeah interesting though kind of blew okay. my mind when i heard it when i heard it the first time i was like what well, yeah something i want to take a look at or check into but so um, go ahead so what would somebody use then i mean if infrared's going to drive away and ultraviolet's going to drive away I, would it just well, I mean, from from what we we were talking to Barry about the the uh, it was the uh, ultraviolet that drove away the negative entity. So anything that would use and have an ultraviolet type of spectrum yeah. would allow a positive entity okay. to pass through it, but would force anything with a negative, I guess, a, a attunement or attenuation to it to be forced backwards from it. So I guess it um, depends on what kind of spirit you're trying to exactly cater your encounter. light to the situation. So if you're in a place that has negative spirits and you want to catch that negative spirit, then then use that infrared light. It might actually yeah. help out. So okay. of course, if you're trying to drive it away, go the opposite <laughs> route. And uh, I was actually bringing up full spectrum, and they said, well, not so much with the full spectrum, because that's both. So you're not going to catch too much on that. Yeah. But that was fascinating. But either way, you can use a full spectrum in both situations. Just, you know, tailor your light still. It doesn't matter what the mm -hmm. sensor sees as long as the light's present. So I'm still going to yeah. use my full spectrum camera. I'm sorry, Barry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I'm still going to use it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm a rebel. But either way, Chad, what do you usually take on investigations with you when you do go out on those? Do you have a favorite little laundry list of, uh, of uh, um, that you take out with you? Well, we have a, a mail meter. Nice. Which uh, one, though? It's, like the, the, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like the one of the early ones, 85-something. I think it's like, maybe even been like one of the first ones. Which feature does it have on it? Does it's, it's, got the, uh, it's got temperature and uh, EMF. 
Okay, yeah. And it's got, you can stick the little, little uh, thing, the little sensor on t- into the top. Thing, the thing I heard is if you run both at the same time, it's supposed to slow the EMF down where it doesn't read it as well. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah, you have one of the early models. I know now they have like shadow detection and yeah. geo seismic sensors built into it and a mood ring on the handle. And like, Julian's fries. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole works. It does a lot of different awesome things. Makes your coffee yeah. in the morning. But yeah, there's a ton of different <laughs> millimeters out there that I really like to use. Is there a piece of equipment that you really want to get your hands on aside from the computer? Uh, <laughs> I don't really care much about the flare. It's too expensive. It is. It really is. It's like a Maserati to me. It's well, no, now, now hold on. Now, now, remember what I showed you, Jason, that we actually added to our team's group. We have a flare add-on that's made for a smartphone that only costs about $299 to get, and it works exceptionally well. So it's no longer an out-of-reach product. I mean, it doesn't have the resolution of the high-end models that you see on television, but it works very well. It's called the FLIR 1. And if you remember, we actually talked to, um, oh, my Lord, I just forgot which guest it was. It was Dustin, um, I think it was. That we, we no, no, no. She did the cryptozoology. Um, Selena Roan? I just went completely blank. Right, I, it, but any, anyway, moving on. <laughs> but it actually works really well. And we tested it on a couple of field investigations. And it even shows up handprints that are left by the investigators and things of that nature. So it works fairly well. Well, that's the other thing, guys. If y'all are, and, and I'm speaking to the listeners, not so much Chad, because Chad, of course, probably already knows this, and as well as, as Cheryl, but FLIR cameras and those heat cameras, remember that they're going to pick up reflections of heat as yeah. well. Off walls and stuff. Yeah, off things you wouldn't even imagine reflected heat. They're going to pick, they're going to catch it. So if you ever get a tool like that, play around with it like crazy at home before you take it onto the field. Get to know it because glass yeah. is going to be your enemy at that point, even if it's covered. Uh, with a sheer screen or, uh, you know, walls, pe- places where people have touched previously, they're going to walk away from that. Five minutes later, it's not going to be the size of a child's handprint, but it's yeah. a thermal image of that. So you want to be cautious of, of that kind of a thing. But with, with companies like Paranologies that, that are out, uh, companies that are starting to produce hardware, like the, the company that produces the Melmeter, specialized hardware for the paranormal, is there any type mm-hmm. of sweet piece of technology that you're just lusting after, Chad? Um, I was thinking like? about one of the spirit boxes. Yeah. Well, those are nice. how, I like to see how it works and, and see. Because, you know, I've seen stuff on TV and I'm like, you know, would you really pick stuff up like that? And how easy would it be to hear it? And, it's kind of tough to hear. I can tell you from yeah. personal experience. Um, we always record when we use uh, anybody who's using a spirit box so we can kind of yeah. play it back later. But yeah, I'm, they are interesting. I'll give them that. They're very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. It's nice to see you have the same reaction I do. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Sound and everything. It's funny because you know what really, really is It's interesting, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Whenever yeah. you have an app on a laptop, that's supposed to do something like a spirit box. What sensor is it using? What magical yeah. sensor did you suddenly install on your laptop <laughs> that's able to pick right. up waves that previously it was not able to? I mean, and if you're using a piece of equipment that is inherently in that laptop, let me know. Please explain it. Is it the Bluetooth connector? Is it the Wi-Fi antenna? I mean, this thing does have sensors that it's able to or, use. But what or is tablets. It? Yeah, or, or tablets, tablets yeah. or or iPhones. How is yeah. the ghost meter working on your iPhone? Like I do yeah. not. I'm ghost sorry. Ghost radar. 
Yeah, nothing. There's not a single app on a cell phone that I would ever recommend anybody use on investigation. Yeah. Aside from the EMF that's like bleeding out of the cell phone itself. Yeah. I don't understand how you're going to pick anything up over that noise floor that you're bringing into the investigation right. itself. Makes no sense to me. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I just wanted to get that out and to get y'all's opinion on some of the more controversial topics. We ranging from the Ouija board over to the pieces of equipment like those those cell phone apps, like those tablet apps. And I appreciate y'all indulging me for a brief moment there. I know it kind of grounded down the pace a little bit. Or grind down the pace, ground down, grinded it. I don't know what to say. There's something like that. <laughs> but you know what? We we haven't had the one normal question that we get from Kim every week. Yeah, that's true. Kim's Kim, Kim, slacking Kim, right Kim. Now. Yeah, she hasn't asked it. So I will go ahead and ask it, okay? I'm going to start with Cheryl. We have Cheryl, uh, Kim is one of our regular listeners. I also happens to be with Jason. Poor girl. With that <laughs> said, she always likes to find out what was the most terrifying experience that you have ever had on an investigation. Wow. Well, I haven't done many investigations. Um, so... I, does it have to be on investigation? <laughs> no, no. Life experience. You know. <laughs> like, can I, can I go, Chad might have one on investigation. My, uh, it wasn't so much terrifying as it was um, strange. Um, a chair turned around, uh, an office chair um, wow. turn, turned all the way around, 360. Where was this at? Oh, my, our apartment. In when we apartment? lived uh, in California. In our apartment, when we lived in California. Um, the chair, I mean... <laughs> Obviously, people are going to poke holes through this because it's a, it's it moves. The chair moves. You know, it's an office chair. <laughs> right. Um, but I was sitting on the couch. Chad had just walked into the hall, and the chair, from a stationary motion, went around 360 degrees and stopped. And I was stunned. And I, I it wasn't it wasn't frightening though. It was stunning. And so that just came to mind. Um, I guess frightening was I did see a shadow person once, and that was a bit frightening. So, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's that's pretty. That, the chair rotates. That qualifies. Yeah, totally. That's that a qualifies step completely. A chair in the corner in a yeah. creepy farmhouse. Yeah. You know? And by the way, after that happened, I tried to jump around the chair to make it turn. I tried to walk into the other room to see if you know that type of vibration. I, I, you know, went back and forth. I mean, I tried to find out why did that chair do that, and I could not even remotely recreate anything like it. It was. It's baffling to me still today. Yeah, I, I would have said, well, it, the chair didn't rotate when I was running screaming from the room. So that's the first <laughs> debunking step. That did not work. <laughs> so yeah. the subsequent one's very brave. Very brave. I like that. I yeah. like that. What about you, Chad? We were on an investigation out in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky. And we went to the bedroom and there was a loaded shotgun in the corner. <laughs> So we had to. We left the house. We made him put the shotgun up. But yeah, just kicking back in the corner. Not no child yeah, lock. Sitting there waiting for somebody to knock it over and get shot. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's scary. You know that does speak to a point though. I think the most dangerous part of our investigations are the environments and people around the yeah, investigations. Absolutely. And, Everyone listening, be cautious and aware of that. That's Sorry. the most important part. Stay in groups or pairs at the very least, and I always have things recording. And if you're investigating and you're a man who's investigating a home and there's a female client, take a female investigator with you, please, for the safety of both sides and also for yeah. the lack of – you don't want any sense of impropriety there as well. So, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, Jason, I guess we're about to that time of the show where we find out what is in the near future for our fantastic guest tonight. We're right at the two-hour mark. So, um, you know, I, guys, I guess the, the best way to do this is just a group question. What What is coming down the pipelines for you guys, both magazine and investigation-wise? Well, we are still putting out the magazine every month. If you want to check it out, um, you can go to our website, paranormalunderground.net, um, or you can email me if you just if, if if you don't if you want to get a sample copy, email me. I'll send you one via PDF. It's uh, my email is editor at paranormalunderground.net, and um, I'd really like to go see some more haunted sites. Uh, we don't have anything planned, although we do want to go down to um, Georgia and visit a couple sites down there um, that are supposedly haunted. When you go Excellent. down to Georgia, speak to Tim Nealon if you can. Tim Nealon. Okay. Tim Nealon. Yeah, he runs right. a lot yes. of the ghost walk or ghost tours. Ghost there. City Tours. Yeah, yeah ghost, ghost City ghost Tours is under him. Yeah. And I'll recommend awesome. another location if you guys ever want to really have a good time. Go to Old South Pittsburgh Hospital, South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. We're going to try to make a trip down there next year. Maybe we get you guys to meet us down there. That would be a lot of fun. That'd be cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, uh, stick on the line with us here for a few moments. We're going to go ahead and uh, get everything wrapped up. But I want to thank you both for spending a couple of hours with us, especially on a uh, Father's Day evening. So thank you, guys, Barry. <laughs> thank you, both. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, it was our so much pleasure fun. to have you. Nope. Well, Jason, looks like we got another one in the can, as it were. Number one sixteen down, and hopefully many, many more to go. But friend, my friend, my friend, what do you think? Yeah, I think it was awesome, man. I'm glad to spend Father's Day with such a fine group of people, with Chad, with Cheryl, with yourself, and Happy Father's Day, Chad. Happy Father's Day, Rob, and to everybody listening out Thank there, you. and also to the single mothers out there. Happy Father's Day. We appreciate y'all spending your holiday time with us. And you Absolutely. may now go watch your Game of Thrones, although I know very well that you've seen it already, and this is on podcast. Either way, a wonderful time. <laughs> wonderful well, time. So for uh, both Cheryl and Chad, for Jason Olivo, my name is Rob Henry. You guys have a fantastic night. We'll be back again next week at the same time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, with another edition of Living Paranormal. Good night. Adios. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.